All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really enthused and excited to have someone on the show that I've been wanting to have on for a while. I'm glad he finally has time and was able to peel off some time. Uh, someone that's helped me out personally a lot, um, just support, encouragement. Um, I, I view as a mentor and just a sage of advice, especially for those uh, founders that are starting new companies. But anyway, I'm not going to seal asunder. I'm not going to blow them up too much before <laughs> we started the episode here. But we've got Jason Fernandez, who's a managing partner over at Quake Capital. Uh, Jason, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, Anthony. Thank you for having me. Amen. Amen. No, thanks for doing this with me and for peeling off time. I guess teleport us back, Jason. Take us back. Um, you're a sage of advice. You, you know a lot about business and growing <laughs> companies, but not to put pressure on you. Where did where did things start from you? What led you to become the person you are or said another way? Tell us a little bit about yeah, your origin I'll story. I'll give you a little, uh, little story of how I got into this uh, kind of seed stage venture capital world. You know, I've my, my career has been pretty circuitous and, and I've seen a lot of sides of the coin, which leads to a lot of that advice you're talking about, because I've seen a lot of people do it um, from a lot of different avenues. Uh, I started my career in investment banking, uh, did my time on Wall Street, corporate finance, M&A, follow-ons, IPOs, pipes, you know, a lot of public market work and ended up, you know, after getting my VP promote up in Manhattan, you know, pulled the ripcord and went to business school and retooled to the other side of the coin, um, you know, I was a bit enamored with the buy side. Um, and for the last, you know, decade and change, I've been working in some way, shape or form um, in the alternative asset buy side world. Um, that's either with growth equity, private equity firms, uh, family offices, venture capital, angel investment, C stage investment, late stage, you name it. Um, you know, from deal work to in direct investing to working with the fund in my current capacity. Um, and it's just led to, uh, you know, seeing a lot of different things. Um, you know, I've been, you know, happy to have been involved in some great transactions and some that weren't so great and you learn from all of them, you know, and I think that's what I bring to the table when I kind of, you know, provide a little advice, you know, granted you get what you pay for, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it can be, it can be good. It can be, um, you know, mo you know, moderate, but you know, at least comes from a good place with uh, a lot of background behind it. So that's how we are to here. That's how we're here today. Amen. Amen. No, well, so Jason, this is awesome. And, you know, typically, obviously, um, as you listen to these shows, you know, we, we, we focus on, you know, what has you excited about health and, and, you know, now and in the future. But before I kind of go down the path of, of, of uh, you know, present and future, you've seen so many companies in such fast moving industries. And I'm just personally fascinated to hear your philosophies on not so many things, but maybe like a couple things in particular. Um, when it comes to, 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 to startups and growing companies and early stage companies, what are the 2019, maybe as we're ending off the year here, I'd love to hear kind of like some of the things that you see that are making, what are the, what's the difference that makes the difference with early stage companies, whether it's from a, a founder product, customer perspective, traction, what's shed some of some, some wisdom that you've been seeing, you know, especially yeah. recently. Um, what, what, and what has you excited about when you, you talk to a company <laughs> or a founder, uh, what's the difference that makes a difference, you know? Well, I mean, founders, you know, all on their own are just exciting people to talk to, 
you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're starting something up because they really believe in it. But, you know, I don't think there's, I don't think there's one bucket that you need to check in order to kind of pick a really good founder or, or a company that's going to succeed over others. It's kind of a combination of all of it, everything mm-hmm. you meant. You know, it's it's somebody that gets out of bed every morning and thinks about the business. You know, so there's got to be passion for what they're doing, but it's also time in the saddle and and how much they know and how much they don't, how willing they're they are to learn new things and you know and learn from the past, as well as you know just you know blind luck. Sometimes you got to have some people that have you know worked hard enough to put themselves in a position to to capitalize on that luck, you know, and I Mm. think in the startup world is not so much what you think about luck. It's more of, you know, they're well-prepared and they're ready to do it. Um, And I think that's, that's something that we see, you know, in, in all the founders, you know, particularly in the class that you came through, Anthony, is everybody Mm -hmm. is kind of, they've got some gray hair, you know, even the younger founders, they've (laughs) done something, you know, like it before. And they're bringing that experience and expertise to the table. And I think you probably learned as much from the people in the program as you learned from us. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, this, this is super helpful. I'm just always kind of curious, you know, when, when you see uh, the quality and volume, you know, you start to develop, you know, these theses and in in a sense for the, trends i guess uh jason on the on the flip side or inverse of that um kind of a scenario question i'm just having kind of you know some fun here but you know what advice would you have for you know people with a lot of money like accredited investors that are looking to invest you know there there's a lot of people with in where you're at in austin that still are sitting on a lot of cash a lot of opportunity to invest you know if you were to walk into a room and 20 of them were in there what are some some advice you would have for, for investors that are, you know, wanting to invest in startups and, and what makes a good investor, you know? Well, you know, so, so good investors come in all shapes and sizes, right? right? You no. Know, and, and, you know, and investor groups, you know, you know, coming in and, and being a consultant for many of them in the past, it's, it's, you know, effectively telling them what they're bad at and what they're really bad at. It's mm-hmm. very, very few times. Is it what they're really wow. good at? <laughs> Um, you know, but I think what, what they need to look for, um, and you know, and what makes a good investor is somebody that's willing to kind of, you know, understand the big picture that a company is trying to solve and where Mm -hmm. they fit into the ecosystem that they're trying to participate in. Um, you want somebody that, you know, wants to take over the world, but wants to do it in bite-sized chunks where they can manage that growth. Um, you know, that can be really fast. It can be slow. You know, it comes in all shapes and sizes, depending on the company and industry and product and what they're trying to put together. Um, but I think you want to find something when you take a step back that is going to make a difference, whatever mm-hmm. industry that they're participating in. You know, mm-hmm. and I, that's pretty nebulous, but it's true across board, whether you're a consumer product business or healthcare or insure tech or fintech or just tech tech, you want somebody that's going to make a change. And it's not just, you know, in the venture world, you don't want somebody to recreate the wheel. You want somebody that's going to do it better and right. while they're doing it. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. And, you know, people that are, you know, going to make a, a change in a specific niche is, is key. Um, it's been an interesting year, right? Um, in, on the VC world as well. And I'd love your thoughts on this. I'm sure you, you probably talked about this topic yeah. over coffee with someone, but um, it's been a, big, a year of big changes, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, so the whole unicorn effect, you know, there's a lot of companies that got, you know, really big unicorn valuations and, you know, their business models that really weren't sustainable. Some of those, you know, I, I don't want to 
don't say anything controversial about any companies, but um, you know, their business models weren't really sustainable. You had to keep feeding money into them for them to be these large growing unicorns. And so what seems to be in vogue now or potentially in vogue is a, wow, a startup that becomes a profitable business yeah. is possible, right? Go, go figure. It's, uh, well, I mean, like the fact that the market got away from that is just, you know, that, that was the VC bubble, right? You know, right. like the early aughts and the, in the dot-com boom, I think this was just irrational expectations mm -hmm. and FOMO across the board, where if a company was getting more, some capital meant they got more capital meant they got all the capital, regardless of the, you know, the fundamentals of the business. And I right. think that's something that it's, it's, it's always been the undercurrent of where you should base your investment thesis. Mm. Is a company going to make money? Is mm -hmm. it going to be something that is going to return capital to investors or, or help grow on its own without, mm -hmm. you know, including everybody on the cap table. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's something that is, I think, you know, with what we've seen in market over the last few months and uh, we're probably going to keep seeing in time is those, those unicorns weren't really unicorns. Um, right. You know, those were businesses propped up by irrational capital, um, right? And and but smart irrational capital too that just kind of pulled the wool over their own eyes, right? Uh, but I think you're you're going to see a pullback to companies that that have a path to profitability, right? Path to traction and are building businesses that are sustainable, right? Right. Amen. Amen. That feels healthy overall, just common sense on a micro level and a macro level, like, right, just invest in businesses, focus on businesses that can make money. Money um, is, a, is a very great indicator that a service is lovable, especially the, you know, growing revenues. And it's just, yeah, it's been an interesting year. And for, you know, the VC community to kind of come to a consensus and say, yeah, oh my gosh, you know, things have really gotten, you know, out of hand with valuations, just plowing money in. But yeah, I just, it's just good to kind of trade trade thoughts on this. Um, I guess along those lines, you know, profitable businesses, trends, um, a lot of companies you've invested in that you look at are doing so many different things, but most of them have a common thread of impacting health or society, population health, wellness, well-being of people in some fashion, right? Even, sure. you know, from Uber to, um, to WeWork affects the well-being or work-life balance of people. What are some trends that have you excited uh, today and, and some investable trends that are just like, wow, that, you know, whether it's quantum computing or, you know, um, rented out kitchens or something like that, <laughs> what has your captivation or what has you fascinated? Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure if you knew this, but I used to do, you know, most of my investment banking work on Wall Street was in healthcare. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I ended up getting a degree in health sector management while getting my MBA. So right. I, degree um, but what I'm seeing out in market right now is just th there's there's a lot of a lot more intelligence going into you know patient care um, mm -hmm. whether that's telemedicine or machine learning or you know better biotech and direct to you know genomic pharmaceuticals or things like that you know I, I'm all for you know more specific healthcare options Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for to it's just it makes a patient, you know, population um, more likely to adhere to what they're prescribed, mm -hmm. and it and it makes their lives easier because outcomes, you know, theoretically should be better because mm -hmm. there's more touch points, there's more specific, you know, pharmaceutical or physical options for them available. You know, there's mm -hmm. 
you know, general wellness has become a thing. You know, they're not just fixing the problem anymore. They're trying to help the patient holistically. So, you know, having a positive net satisfaction score when you go to the ER <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. making sure that that you can talk to your doctor or a healthcare provider when you need to talk to them, whether or not you're able to get to the doctor's office is a big thing. And that's going to increase, you know, the quality of life across both the developed world and the non-developed one. I'm, I'm excited about what that means. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no. And I, and obviously, obviously that's where I, I think we hit it off to and, you know, your passion for this space and, and, you know, understanding this space, um, you know, obviously your wife being in healthcare as well. Um, you know, it's, it's so much is changing. So much is, uh, is happening in this space. Um, and obviously, um, I, you know, I'd love to hear, are, are there any specific solutions like, you know, whether it's telemedicine or social determinants of health or satisfaction any innovations in health that you're seeing any companies besides health hero, of course, <laughs> that, but any, any others that, that you are seeing that, uh, that, that you you find some promise to, um, you know, would love to hear about maybe one or two examples that, that, you know, you I see mean, this I company guess, doing this and yeah, I mean, I guess as, as far as specific examples, you know, I think we're, you know, there, I, there are probably too many for me to list off. Honestly. Right. Um, but you know, I, I do have I do have some favorites in specific markets, but I, I won't I won't pump them up on your uh, <laughs> your show. This is all about Health Hero. Um, <laughs> but but no, I think I think there are some some pretty specific things in telemedicine and you know patient you know, uh, you know real focus on patient outcomes that are specific mm-hmm. to each patient that you're I, I think it's just going to be game changing. In, in how kind of healthcare is consumed around the world. Right. And I'm right. happy. And, and Jason, let me ask you from, you know, there's the innovations coming in, there's the, the demand, the need for better patient-centric solutions, you know, in the four walls of the hospital, out, out of the four walls of the hospital. Do you see any things on a macro level, government perspective, legislative or process or technology macro factors on those dimensions that you still think need to to turn the corner for some of these innovations to be unleashed or unified or you know any any macro things that you 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 really want to see happen or you see happening that that can you know unlock a lot of this innovation well i mean don't get me started on the (laughs) right now i mean that's you know, I think there's going to be there has to be a lot of change um, right. from the role of government in order to get out of their own way to right. help a lot of this innovation innovation happen. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing some, you know, not I guess concerning trends in the world of rollups, where mm-hmm. you know physician practices um, are now the the next hot thing in the rollup acquisition world. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's concerning to some extent because you know as you know, private equity becomes involved. There's, you know, usually a tendency towards financial management, and financial management and healthcare, while important, um, needs to take into account the patient population first and foremost. And I and I hope the trend that we're seeing in kind of the acquisition world doesn't get in the way of mm. what good healthcare should be focused on. Mm. Um, mm. So that's that's a bit concerning. Um, but you know, as as kind of like macro trends out there, I think I think getting you know quality of care to the less developed world is going to change the world for the better. You know, mm. 
when patient populations live longer and their quality and, uh, and that life that they live is much better because they're healthier um, you're gonna see some cool things happening um, that we've never seen before and I'm, and I'm excited you know for those people and for the world at large I love it I love it no, this is, yeah, super, super, you know, informative, JC. Yeah, just to hear your perspective on, on, on some of these dimensions in health. And along those lines, you know, so a lot of the companies you're investing in, you're looking at, you're supporting, um, whether they're directly related to healthcare or not, you know, you see these innovations grow, they start becoming almost utilities or you know, it's crazy 10 years ago, no one really, you know, some people were talking about Uber and, and some of these, now these are like household names and they're kind of parts of society. But what do you see happening in the future of health um, directly or indirectly? Or I just love to hear a little bit about your vision of the future, you know, and, and how some of these innovations that you're invested in looking at are going to shape that future. Maybe some, love to hear of any non-obvious things or maybe maybe some things you believe in also that, that uh you know, haven't been proven yet as well. Well, I, I think there's going to be an increasing trend towards, you know, very specific um, healthcare solutions and specific as in like to the person. I think you're going to mm -hmm. get quality of care um, going through the roof when, you know, you're going to get a pharmaceutical cocktail that is tuned to your genomic makeup mm -hmm, <laughs> no, and mm -hmm. I, think, I think that is exciting um yeah you know i think that's that's going to be that's going to be something you've never seen at before and you're probably going to see it at you know very large scale before they're all said and done um i think that's that's a big one um but yeah. i think you know just you know access and 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 affordability are something that we need to consider going, you know, going forward. And I, and I hope they continue trending in the right direction, you know, and, and, you know, it may not be the most popular with some of the uh, more conservative kind of listeners you have, but I think uh, healthcare should be affordable for all. Um, Amen. And, and I think that's yeah. something that, you know, the, our, our, our government needs to make sure happens. Um, right. You know, I think healthcare should be an inalienable right. Um, and you shouldn't be bankrupt by getting sick. Right. Uh, I think that you know that risk, you know, properly removed from the market as it should, will just make people's quality of life like immeasurably better. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, and that's that's that's. I think you know, a, a, you know, a future that I see ourselves going towards, and I, I see coming to fruition for sure. Um, and and so this is uh, this is great, Jason. Um, promise, I only have two last questions. One of those is really kind of a last question, but um, you know, on a personal basis, you probably have some interesting rituals or, or habits that are that are that benefit your own well being. What's what's one or two things that you do routine wise to keep your own engine going to stay healthy? Um. Well, I, I can say this from personal experience is that I, I try to stay very healthy and, you know, mm -hmm. physical activity is an important part of that. You know, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, that time when I was in New York uh, working at 110 hours a week and doing the investment banking thing, mm -hmm. I was not very healthy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and I think my health was one of the main reasons that I had to take a step back and reevaluate kind of the direction my career was going. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm, I am, I'm, purposely uh you know active uh you know at least three times a week every week forever 
Um, but I'm also, you know, a dad first and foremost. Right. So, you know, family well-being and time with family is is uh, number one important to me. Awesome. Um, you know, I'm sorry. So outside of work, I don't have very many habits, except for uh, except for being the best dad I can. Awesome, awesome. That's all that matters, really. <laughs> right? Without a doubt, they're going to take care of me when I'm old and seen. Absolutely, absolutely. No, this is great, Jason. And you know, yeah, it wasn't until I, you know, I, I became a father that I started realizing, like, truly the concept of joy and how, you know, your kids, you know, and your family unlock that for you. Um, and so, right. um, and to such, you know, I think joy is is one of the most underrated things and having that you know come from family helps out a, a ton with with personal well-being but um um jason this was great having you on my very last question i promise uh, is contact info or connecting with you on social media so if our listeners would like to reach out say what's up uh give a hoorah What's a good way on social media or to reach out directly if you'd like any of that to happen? <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's the typical come find me on LinkedIn. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm out there um, in the ether waiting to connect with whomever would like. Um, as far as social, uh, I'm learning Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I got an at Jason Fernandez at Twitter and I think uh, F-E-R-N-A-N-J-R on Instagram. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fledgling uh, newbie there. Awesome. So, so it's, 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 it's early in its infancy on what that could or could not be. Um, uh, I need, I need some more interns to help me with that. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. No worries, Jason. Well, I'm sure uh, some of our listeners will re reach out and say hi and just kind of introduce themselves. Uh, but uh, Jason, I just want to say thank you for peeling off time to do this. Thank you for sharing your story, your passions, uh, and what your vision of health and society looks like in the future. Um, and so this was, um, just, just uh, you know, great to have you on. So much appreciated. Well, I'm happy to be here, Anthony, and and, and thank you for uh, for being part of the Quake family. And we look forward to working with you for many years going forward. Absolutely, same same here, Jason. Much appreciated. Thank you.